The Joe Mays and J-Rap Show is brought to you in part by Mays Sandwich Shop. Serving delicious hometown favorites to the West Lawn community since 1947. You are listening to the Joe Mays and J-Rap Show. Joe Mays and J-Rap Show presents Tangents with Friends. Your source for pop culture. Geek News. Movies and television. Anything else? But no sports. And now here are your hosts, Joe Mays and friends. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Tangents with Friends. I'm sitting here with a bunch of my friends, including my wife, who is sitting behind me. For those of you watching live, can see uh, she's drinking from a Rogue One cup, which is uh, very appropriate. And now you should see on your video screen the entire group that is here with me this evening, and that is Brian and Kate Berenshausen, as well as Brent Berenshausen, who is the groom-to-be tomorrow, getting married, and to celebrate, he's hanging out here with us tonight, and we're all going to talk about the latest installment in the Star Wars series, Rogue One, which came out just a few weeks ago, and uh, I'm seeing the monitor over my shoulder of little baby Haley sleeping in her crib. Um, (laughs) She wants to tell us about Star Wars. Oh, she wants to talk about Star Wars. Well, any and all are welcome to talk about Star Wars, which is obviously why we're here tonight, but it's going to be fun to... uh, hear what Kate and Kelly had to say about it, because as uh, Kelly admitted before the show, she wasn't sure what she was going to say tonight, and I said, it doesn't matter, that's what makes it fun, because we get to hear from people who don't read everything, or watch every trailer a million times, or listen to Star Wars podcasts, which the Brent and I are known to do. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, that's what we're doing tonight, and um, I, well, let's start quickly and just kind of go around and say generic thoughts on Rogue One. And before we dive in, as Kelly reminded me before the show, this is spoiler-filled. So if you are watching or listening and you haven't seen the movie and don't want to know what's happened, you probably should tune out because we're going to be talking about the entire film. Spoiler. Uh, Princess Leia dies. Spoiler. Sorry, too soon. Too soon. Spoiler. Yeah, let's not get into that. That's for... for the next episode. <laughs> yeah, that's episode four. Um, so, 
Rogue One spoilers tonight, so if you haven't seen it, Star Wars. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you definitely want to probably sign off. So we will talk about Star Wars, and since Kelly, you had something to add, why don't you uh, give us your impressions? Yeah, of, talk about Star Wars. Of Rogue One. Uh, I liked Episode Seven better. I, yeah, that was going to be a definitely a point of of talking tonight because that was one of the things you said after we saw it in the theater together. Oh, but careful putting that down. <laughs> what is there a reason why you liked it more, or was there something about this one you liked less specifically? Well, I didn't know how Episode Seven was going to end, but I knew how that's this a very one was good point. Uh, yeah, they, they they get the plans. Shocking, I know. Oh no. Well, and. To build off of that, Kelly, um, I think it was more of a utilitarian plot. It wasn't so much about developing memorable characters as much as a means to an end. So yeah, well, I think you're right know, about they, that. They killed them also. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was um, not gory, but I was surprised at how violent it was. You and I talked about that. A couple mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that was my big thing that I didn't know where they were going to go with episode seven. It was all new. And this one, you know, you know they get the plan, so even when you're worried about them failing, you're not really worried about them failing. Yeah, but I got I'm, popcorn, so. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think that that's, uh, you know, an invalid response. It's perfectly uh, reasonable to say, hey, I knew what the ending was going to be. But, I mean, to me, I didn't know how they were going to go back to it. Like, we knew they were going to succeed, but we didn't know who was going to do it, how involved it was going to be, and we didn't know the hesitation that the Rebel Alliance showed. Uh, so we definitely learned a lot about how they got the plans to uh, Princess Leia and the crew on the Tantive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how about you, Brent? What was your, you know, what's your first impressions or your, your quick summary of your thoughts on Rogue One? Um, I'm not going to compare it to Episode 7. No offense, Kelly. I'm just not going to do that. Um, but uh, I thought the movie was awesome. I've only seen it one time. I'm going to go see it again on my honeymoon. But, fancy, fancy. Uh, but uh, I have to say that it was, um, I wasn't as hyped for this movie as I was for episode seven. Like episode seven, like I, I to be honest, I didn't really sleep well the night before because I was so darn excited for it. It was like Christmas Day. Um, but, and this movie was just like, okay, it's the first standalone film. I actually wasn't that on board for them doing these standalone films off the bat. And uh, I have to be honest, I walked out of the theater being like, wow, if that's how these standalone films are going to be, then I want more standalone films. Um, I loved how that it, it was a whole new set of characters, but didn't deviate from the universe. It stayed within the universe. And um, there's a lot of people that criticize you know, these movies. I'll, say this, I'll just say this off the top. Um, like as far as like, well, you know, they use these CG characters, Tarkin, and I'm gonna, we'll talk about that later probably, but... You know, five years ago, I was convinced we weren't going to get any more Star Wars movies. Five years ago, I would probably pretty much convince myself, okay, we're not going to get any more Star Wars movies. And now we're getting, like, one every year. And the first two that have come out so far have been, like, knock me off my feet kind of good. So I'm not going to complain. I'm just, I've enjoyed this movie even more than I thought I would. So I'm probably the worst Star Wars critic in the world, movie critic, because anything they come out with, I'm just going to be like, yes, more, <laughs> give me more of that. And every year it's like, I think it's great that they're doing a movie a year. I could use more, of course, but um, yeah, I'm, I, 
don't don't look a gift horse in the mouth or look at a glass half full all the time because like five years ago we weren't going to get any more Star Wars and now we're getting a lot of it and what it looks like is really really good. So go ahead. For sure. So who wants to go next? So Brian, Kate. Go ahead, Brian. Okay. Um, really liked Rogue One. Um, just in terms of initial impressions, I guess I'll say going into it, I was just really excited about it being a new Star Wars thing, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't know what they were going to... We've never had a spinoff movie before. Right? It's never happened. So I didn't know what are the genre conventions or what are they going to do with this? You know, and as we know now, like, there's no opening crawl, for example. There's, you know, uh, subtle differences in the editing techniques and, you know, the way that the movie starts and finishes and things are, are a little different. And, like, I was just excited to see a new take on a star Wars film. And I didn't know what that was going to be like. And I was almost like, you know, I was skeptical, but I was almost okay with it not being great because I was anxious to see what somebody would try. That was new. Um, you know, obviously star Wars has like a very, very tight, recognizable, iconic feel with the, the fades and wipes and uh, the soundtrack and the way that the movies are paced and everything. So I was just curious to see what they were going to do with this. And I was, I just you know, was ready to have an open mind. Uh, I, I think it was awesome that the film was great because that just made it doubly better. But I was, you know, just happy to, to try to see, I think it was like an adventure going to see something that could be very different. Um, and I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was great. Awesome. And Thanks. Kate, what did you think? I was pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, I want to say I went into it with low expectations. I would say I kind of went into it with no expectations almost. Um, oh gosh, Brian, when you showed me the teaser trailer, was mm. that a year ago? Probably about a I year ago. I was in early April. Oh, okay. It wasn't even a year ago then. Um, the one that was basically the siren and people yep. running around <laughs> and that was about it. Um, my impression from that trailer was, oh, this is just going to be a money grab that they're mm. slapping the Star Wars name onto. I didn't really, I didn't think it looked that good. And obviously we didn't get a lot of information mm-hmm. from that right. anyway, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't, I didn't know too much about it to know how connected it was going to be to the Star Wars universe. I knew that it would lead into episode four and was related to the Death Star plans being stolen, but I didn't really know how much it was going to be related to the story. So it was good. I mean, I went into it expecting something different, kind of like when a band you've liked for a long time takes a break and then comes back and puts out a new CD, but there are a couple new members. You just have to think of it as something different. Mm-hmm. Um, Appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was a really good sci-fi movie, but I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it as a Star Wars movie, too. Kelly, were you surprised how much you enjoyed it? Even though I know you didn't like it as much as Force Awakens, did you enjoy it enough? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go see it multiple times in the theaters, but that's more because I like money. <laughs> um, no, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I it kept my attention, and I have obviously seen the other Star Wars enough being married to you to follow a lot of the maybe finer details of mm-hmm. it that I don't think maybe someone who hasn't seen the other ones over and over again would have appreciated. Um, and yeah, I definitely liked it and it was, it was great. I just didn't like it as much as the one from last year. Was there a specific aspect of the show? And this is for anyone that or of the movie that you found confusing that you, you wish you had known more going into it or you didn't quite think that 
the the movie told you enough uh, in a situation or with a character? The first fifteen seconds of the movie. <laughs> the, the 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 rings of the planet as yeah, the, the opening, spaceship. Just the opening. How they hand, I guess because for me, Star Wars is so uh, has such a good clear formula to it. Like okay, and they did a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and you're expecting. You know, (laughs) they didn't give you that. And, and the, the Rogue One title card was a little bit jarring for that, I think, for that reason. And the theme, the main theme, I don't know if you have that at all, but you can hear that, um, in the, the, um, soundtrack, which I highly recommend purchasing. Uh, but it's a little too close in a way to the Star Wars theme. It starts with the perfect fifth, like the Star Wars theme does. And it's like, I don't know, it's just, uh, was almost. But that's not John Williams, right? No, it's in the style of right. okay. It's, yeah. Well, and they use a lot of John Williams themes for this. Yeah, and this movie. Well, yeah. talk about that later, but this is kind of two points that I definitely want us to touch on because it was. Um... So the first, yeah, the first. I mean, let me just get put this: the the first I was accepting of the first fifteen seconds, and everything else after that was extremely uphill for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, anyone else? Anyone else think that there was something missing at some point that you wish? I'm trying to remember. I know I had questions for you afterwards, and of course now I can't remember. I'm trying to think of are. some of the questions that you that you asked. Yeah, yeah. Can, can I just say one thing that I? Yes. As it was happening, I'm like, why? Yeah. What? And it's a big one. Okay. So it's a safe space. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I feel safe saying this here as long as Joey doesn't give me an no, answer. No, I, I, I wanted I wanted you to come over. Worst case scenario, I never ask you to do this again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you turn your mic off. Might be okay. <laughs> I just mute you and say get out. Shut these off. Shut these all off. <laughs> I'll take my wine in my Rogue One. Um. So the guy that. Uh, was helping to build the death. I'm sorry, I don't know everyone's name. Oh, Galen Urso? Yeah. Oh, okay. gosh. Magic oh, her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. James Bond guy. Why would he just make a tiny little, like, two-meter uh, hole? In, well, if he had that much control, why didn't he just, like, make it self-destruct? Because I, I... Now, this is just, like, my explanation for it. I don't know if there is a real explanation out mm-hmm. there, and there very well may be, and maybe Brian or Brent have something else to add, mm-hmm. but I think it's to make it not look obvious. Obvious, right. Like, I think it was just like, I need to put something in this so minuscule. Yeah. But why? Was he forced to participate in the project and didn't really, like, his heart wasn't in it? I yes. mean, what? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Was yeah, that he, in the movie and I missed he, it? Well, <laughs> yeah, essentially, <laughs> yes. But... Essentially, he did it to save his family, I guess, right? Well, it, the, I win the when broadcast. the flashback begins, I believe that's like Six years after the end of Revenge of the Sith, like six years after the end of the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. and during those six years leading up to whenever he, uh, you know, kind of went into exile in Lamu and was doing that farming with his family, mm-hmm. he was working because he was a Republic scientist. Yeah, and then when the Empire formed, he just transitioned to that. But then, like mm-hmm. as their, you know, expectations changed, he started to see like this is not what I want to be doing. I need to get out. Um, and my, my guess is he didn't put in the flaw until we saw in the movie when Krennic came with his death troopers, killed his wife, Jin ran away, and they took him back. Because mm. um, then after oh, that okay. is another right, decade is or so. Okay. Yeah, so that's... Uh, that was way, way in the beginning of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, like, very Jin or so flashback to them on the farm. It's funny, I have to admit, like, and it's, it's not unique to Star Wars, I... Don't remember things well what, after I've seen them. Mm. If I read them, I can. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure. Well, that's why I like to see a movie like this. I'm the yeah. same way, Kate. And, <laughs> and, and, and I like to say, 
considering the things that you said, like about the fact that you knew the ending already, this movie I thought did a really good job despite knowing the ending, putting a lot of those little things in there to make it like holy moly. Well, and somebody said you're still guessing about the how, even right? If you right. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, that is true, and that's yeah. why I think but, I I did enjoy the movie sure. overall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, right, 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 right. Exactly. They made a movie that was predictable, not predictable, which is right. pretty brilliant. Yeah. Well, and that's that's sort of why I never don't really ever mind spoilers. Like, I don't know. I I asked Brent for a lot of details on this movie before I went in, and I read stuff about the films that I go to see before I see them because it prepares me for what I'm going to see because I actually enjoy the how a little bit more. And I think there is, you know, papers have been written, et cetera, et cetera, on the enjoyment we get out of um, already knowing the end but experiencing it anyway. Like, why do people watch professional wrestling? Why do people watch soap operas? Like, they're they're formulaic and you already know sort of how they're going to end, but you enjoy having your suspicions reaffirmed anyway, and you enjoy the how sometimes more than the destination. And I think uh, that's true because I mean, otherwise people wouldn't buy DVDs of movies they've already seen and take them right. home and mm-hmm. watch them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or read the same book twice or something like that. Right. Sure. Yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else have, well, I think this is best to get out of the way. Cause I think it will be quick. What about any other negatives? What was anything that you didn't enjoy? <laughs> Uh-oh, you're limiting, you're limiting negatives to me now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Kelly. Oh. No, okay. Does Darth Vader live in a fish tank? What was that it's thing? A it's tank. a back to tank. Like what Luke's in at the beginning I of the episode like, five. I, yeah, I had to ask about that, too. That confused me a little bit. But then I did remember. No, I, I think they just caught him when he was taking a shower, essentially. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't, like he's not just in there like a fish. Like he a just little kind like of... voyeuristic. Okay, you didn't like that part. Because that's the part that a lot of people... So no naked Darth Vader's guy. ...were happy about seeing. Why were they happy? Because it made just it authentic? To see, well, right. you see the see back to tank in episode suit? five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see the you see Luke in the back. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sorry. I think there's a baby She has upstairs. some negatives she'd like to yeah, share. She would like them. to share, too. Um, I, already, I guess to somebody oh, that... I guess to somebody that doesn't... have never seen a back to tank, which, you know, Kelly, you have, but... Um, like, <laughs> I mean, who has? Really? But like, I just mean you've seen all the movies. The so, but like, so for somebody that has never seen a movie, a Star Wars movie, I, it's hard to put yourself in that mindset to go into a movie like that and be like, why the heck is this guy in this giant tube? You know what I mean? Well, and yeah, and, and, and you I realize I, later that it's Darth Vader. Right but I can also see, like, I think there there are certain expectations with that genre that. Maybe it's just me, but when I go into a movie like that, I sort of expect that there are going to be things I don't understand as far mm-hmm. as tools and technology and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. spacecraft, like things that I just have to accept. Oh, that's what they do in this world. And right. There, I guess yeah. that, there was very minimal amount of that in this movie. When you think about it, the U-Wing was different. That ship that was like this and it went like this. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That, that, that was, that was, oh, the ones right. where the sides hold yeah. it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There okay. was some new technology in this movie, but not a tremendous amount considering the fact that this was really a, a direct prequel to episode four. Well, we, I think you and I talked about that as far as questions a little bit with having new technology yes. in the time period that preceded right. the right. original three was, well, then what happened to those uniforms These, or right, those right. troops? I mean, some of right. them I think might have been eliminated or, um, right. you know, that. Crap, well, I, or even that style of helmet on the is well, it Death Troopers? Right. Well, I did. I did. Like, I did read a lot of articles about that, and yeah. Joey could probably chime in here too because we listen to a lot of podcasts and things like that. But a lot of like the shore troopers existed on the shore. Mm-hmm. When's the next time we see them on the shore? 
Mm. You know, right. we, never, we don't. It's really specific. And I think Gareth Edwards talked about this in an interview I saw to him with him too. Yeah, somebody, totally right. somebody interviewed him and they asked that same question. Why, why do I not see shore troopers anymore? He's like, well, when do you see them on shore? Mm-hmm. You see them in the, on, in, in, in the desert, but you don't see them on shore. Right. When, when, yeah. He's like, when we watched the original trilogy, the first time you see saw snow troopers, was one of them in the snow, snow right? right? And, and you five. don't see them again. You never right. see, you never see them again. Right. Those death troopers, the only time you see them are around well, or synchronic. Well, they're imperial. Right? Yeah, they're so they're kind of imperial officers. Right. So you see them as a kind of an or synchronic mm-hmm. kind of, you know, yeah. they're his protectors. Elite guard. Or right. Exactly. Yeah, so he died. Okay. He died. Maybe they died, or like yeah. maybe that idea of those guards died. Mm-hmm. You know? right. yeah. But well, I think the broader question is that we, that still hasn't really been answered. I don't know if they're ever going to or if they need to, but. Stormtroopers look different in every film. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, your basic, your basic stormtrooper. Right. Yeah. There's small variations. Like regional well, differences or something. Right. I, yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm just not sure. You know where that comes from. And I, I almost, I mean, the clone during the, you know, attack of the clones, the the clone army is new, and that's sort of you see that all, they all have the same armor, and then, you know, throughout the next couple of films, that armor sort of evolves and mm-hmm. and looks different, but it's never really. Explain how those variations occur. Well, when you think about it, the basic stormtrooper outfit is consistent from episode from Clone War. I said, sorry, basic stormtrooper outfit is consistent through Rogue One, through Episode Six. That it, that it is with variations. Scout troopers are found on right. the door. Right. Well, I mean, Rogue scouts. One through Episode Six is only what two or three years total. Is it? I don't know the timeline. I, I, I don't know the exact distance okay. between... I mean, because Rogue yeah. One and, and A New Hope are essentially at the same time. Right. How much later is Empire, and then how much later is, right. is Jedi? I honestly well, I saw, don't know. I thought it was a few years. And yeah. you saw a difference of the clone troopers between Episode 2 and Episode 3. Right, but there's a three-year gap in there, right. and the technology right. was improving. Right. And now that the expanded universe is gone, we don't. there's certain stories that took place between those films that don't exist anymore. It also so. enabled them to sell more toys, so... Yeah, well, yeah. that's part of it, too. <laughs> yeah. George Lucas was a genius with that. Yeah. Gosh, what kind of brain does he have? I mean, sometimes I just think of, like... Isn't it crazy? Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. And like, I know, you know, the ideas developed over time, but you know a lot of that was already at least yeah. half-formed. Well, there was a lot of stuff for Episode 7, 8, 9 that was formed by him, too. Yeah, they didn't yeah. use it, unfortunately, mm-hmm, right. or fortunately. Politely, yeah. politely declined. Uh, yeah, politely declined. His input on that. But, I mean... I mean, he he had ideas that kept coming. He he could be having ideas right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's. What does that feel like to be George Lucas now? That's new ideas. That's 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 a topic for another podcast because I mean, you think they'll ever offer George Lucas another Star Wars film to to direct? I doubt it. I don't think so. I mean, because he would want full and absolute control over everything. I think I think if there's a if there's a series of films that don't do very well and people start to say, "Oh, Star Wars has lost its luster," as a as a publicity stunt, they might get him to come back and mm-hmm. be executive producer, and then they can well, market the film as George Lucas's return to the Star Wars franchise. But right now, they don't. <laughs> you know, he, no offense, he, George, they don't need you. He was pretty. He was pretty outspoken, relatively so, about Episode Seven, about the fact that he did. He, he wasn't like a it. huge fan. Yeah. And he was pretty outspoken about the fact that he really liked Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. I was going to mm-hmm. point that out. He definitely and said he. You know what it comes down to? It comes down to special effects. He didn't think that special, his biggest grudge with episode seven is that he didn't feel it pushed the special the envelope. But you know what he liked about episode Rogue One? Episode Rogue One. Episode Rogue episode One. Rogue episode Rogue three. Episode yeah. Is the fact that they used, they used all that technology. And this would be a very good segue, Joey, for you, if you're 
and get on your feet here. Sure. Yeah. Cause uh, I, this is a, this is a, this I did have one where I played. Okay. okay. We, we can do that before we go on. But he, he was very impressed with them pulling off the Tarkin Leia. Yeah. So why don't we, since we've been so negative so far, just Kelly. I don't think we've been so negative. No, I know. But we're going to, we're going to talk about what, what Brent just mentioned, what, George Lucas enjoyed was how ILM was. I had to stop whining. Do you want more? Yeah. <laughs> you want me to have an opinion? Give me more. <laughs> Will it make you more negative or less negative? No, this is more talkative. More talkative. Negative is just going to come out here. Um, Tarkin, we we for the most part knew through. November, I'd say, that he was going to be in the movie. Like, that was pretty much a given if you knew, like, when the time period that it was, the movie was occurring in, and you knew how much, how involved he was with the Death Star and the New Hope, that they had to do something with Tarkin. But then came a TV spot, I think it was like the 28th TV spot release, something ridiculous like that. that. And you saw the back of a Imperial officer, an Imperial officer standing on a, I believe, a a Star Destroyer looking at the Death Star. With his hands behind um, his back. I and, yep, exactly how um, how uh, he stood in A New Hope. And that was kind of like confirmation without showing his face, which you still didn't know if it was going to happen, uh, that he was going to be in the movie. Now, going into it, I didn't. I expected him to be in it for sure. I wasn't sure if we'd directly see his face. And they kind of did this a little bit in the movie, where you saw it in the reflection in the glass. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was like, all right, he's just going to kind of talk and we'll see it that way and they'll make it work around like that. Or a hologram or something. Yeah, right. A hologram or, you know, something was going to happen. He was going to be in the movie. He had to. Well, then he turned around. Mm. And when he first turned around, it definitely caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting that to happen. And at first I was like, okay, it's better than what we saw in the past. They did as well or better than um, Robert Downey Jr. in Captain America Civil War. Uh, Now... I just saw that movie for the first time two days ago. They de-aged him. It's a little different. He looked, that was pretty young. No, it was good. It was absolutely good. Yeah. Um, okay. what, Robert Downey Jr. like 20 years younger. Oh, more than that. I think oh, yeah. Was, cause like, that's right. Cause they, like, thir- maybe 30. That's yeah. right. They took it back. Like late teens in the 20s that's uh, right. in yeah, uh, yeah. Captain okay. America Civil War. Yep, now, yeah, apparently yeah. they also did it in Ant-Man, but Kelly and I have not yet seen that. I have not um, seen Ant-Man. Right. I'm sorry to see Ant-Man. I'm just throwing that out there. Do you like any of the Marvel movies, Kate? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. But okay. Ant Man, and I love Paul Rudd, but that one just doesn't. Hmm. He's good in uh, Civil War. Go He's yeah. good in Civil War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He makes I haven't seen him either because it doesn't interest me as much either. So when, when, when Target turned around, I thought, you know, I thought they did as well as they did with Robert Downey Jr. I thought it was very, very good. There were some issues, maybe be it the lighting, be it a lot of people complain about the mouth or the eyes. Um, so the first time it took me out of it, and I was like, wow, I know that's a computer. But the more and more it went on, I thought it looked fine. I was shocked at how much he was in the movie, how often we saw him. He had a pretty big role to play did. Um, did. for not being a real person. Now, he was portrayed by Guy Henry, and then they just changed his, his face digitally. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the voice was not Stephen Stan. I thought it was going to be Stephen Stan, because that's who provided it in Clone Wars and Rebels. But it wasn't... We did an awesome job in those, by the way. Stephen Stan was in the movie. He plays Admiral Raddus, the Moncal's like Admiral Akbar. The white But he's blue because they live in the polar regions of Moncal and Miranda. It's in the visual guide. Depends on the region. Yeah. So instead of being that maroon or whatever, he has a bluish tint. 
but that was Stephen Stanton's voice of Admiral Raddus. Um, this is one of my complaints with Star Wars. That there's too much taken, lore. No, they want to be taken seriously, but then they named like literally Mount Squid. <laughs> I'm looking through this book right now. And they have squid-looking things that come, like... You think they're a little too on the nose with it? A little bit. It bothers me. Like, really? Well, anyways, back to Tarkin. Sorry. <laughs> Here's my thing about... Can I chime in about Tarkin quick? Sorry. For me, it was not as much of a alarming thing to see him as a CGI character. As much as it was... And I think this has to do with a lot of people. I think a lot of people have to kind of do some soul-searching about this. Because a lot of people are like, it's so jarring. Was it jar? It was more jarring to me to see somebody that's been dead since 1994 acting on a screen than it was for me to see somebody that was some a character that was CGI created. Mm. Like I think I think um, just to see somebody that you know is had passed for many many years acting in a movie. That Do you was feel that way when you watch a movie that someone else like? You know what I mean? Like you watch movies all the time. Not a new movie that's just released. Okay. Not a movie that's like coming out today with a guy that has passed, you know, 30 years ago or 20 some years ago. 22. 22 years ago. Okay. <laughs> thanks for the math. You know, 22 years ago. That's what I'm here for. You know what I mean though? Like, like for that, I don't know. That, that was the most jarring thing for me is, uh, well, how did, did you think they pulled it off? Do you think they look, he looked good enough? But it, I don't think I would have, honestly, I wouldn't have known. My co-worker's girlfriend know. thought he was a real actor that was just very stiff. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I should have known, I mean, you know, time period. Right. But right. I, think if, I think if you hadn't pointed it out to me, I don't know. Yeah. I don't about. think they sold it to Kelly, though. Sorry, Kelly. No, again, I don't want to be, like, negative. No, I, it's fine. But... So, Peter Cushing is his name, right? Yes, correct. So, he has such definitive cheekbones. Yeah. I feel like he does. He would have sold it better if they just showed him in profile. Because you would have gotten exactly, you would have known exactly who it was. But as soon as he turned around, it, he fell into that uncanny valley where, like, the Polar Express people are. And I love Polar Express, but a lot yeah. of people don't because he, they're in that uncanny valley where they try too hard to make them look human and they don't quite get there. Mm. I think that. Yeah, I can see and that. And I think that's where, and I, I hate to say it, but I think the same thing about Leia at the end. Uh, I think she's, mm. you know, I know. She, uh, was, she was less yeah. convincing to me than, um... Yeah, no, I, I thought that was okay. freaking spot now, on. I know you guys but, can't see this, but I pulled up Tarkin from Revenge of the Sith. Okay, okay. Do you like that better? No, he looks like a Star Trek person. Exactly. So that's what they did. In I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back a point that I had to begin this evening. Still definitive cheekbones. I'd rather have a CGI Tarkin that makes sense in the story than no Tarkin whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like, let's not. Let's yeah, he not could, it could have been any the, bad guy. What's that? You just needed some yeah. bad guy. It didn't have to be him. Well, I guess I, you're right. but I do like I I do think they they made a point to to make him integral to the plot insofar as you've got the power struggle over the Death Star. And so, like, you know, he's, he's going back and forth with that other sort of Imperial officer. What's his name? Krennic? Uh, uh, Krennic, yeah, Krennic. He got the force choked a couple Right, right, right. He chokes on his aspiration. But they do make, they did seem to make a point to say, like, look, you know, because Tarkin steps in and says, all right, I'm in control now, you know, you're done here. And it does set Tarkin up in episode four then when he's, like, you know, seems to be lording over the Death Star, he's in charge, and you get a little bit of backstory that, hey, you know, he, it wasn't always this way, he, you know, had to do a little bit of an Imperial rank sort of infighting to, to get control of the Death Star. 
Uh, and how he got control of it was that <laughs> uh, his uh, the original commanding officer just died. So, yeah. Well, did anyone, Brian? I think I saw you see this, and you might have seen it from the Star Wars Underworld. Uh, that in shots on A New Hope, there's a chair empty for the uh, leaders of the that. Death Star and project. If they plan that, um, if they plan that, that's pretty amazing. Basically, really. and that's one thing that this with this movie, the attention to detail. And the fact, like, we, I know Kelly mentioned at the beginning of, of this, one of the negatives for her was like, okay, would they have just did a self-destruct mechanism or whatever? You know, we talked about that whole thing. It's like, this really put to rest a lot of things that have been in question for literally 40 years. And for them to do this in this movie and to make it like, holy crap, like, oh, this guy, give me backstory on some of those things and answer some questions that... Some people, not us, we're not old enough, but some people have had it for 40 years. It's pretty amazing. Um, and, like the uh, Death Star was the, an inside job? Yeah, the Death Star was an inside job. Destroying the Death Star was an inside job. That's like, that's like pretty intellectual, I think, you know, for, for like the, the creators of Star Wars nowadays, like, you know, the story group and so forth, to, be, to think of that and say, okay, what, what's a flaw in, in, the, in the Death Star or what's a flaw in the story from that? Time period to kind of kind of patch that up and close the book on that. It's kind of it's kind of brilliant. Now maybe, maybe future films will close some other potholes. <laughs> All right, we're not <laughs> opening that can of worms. But like, why does that like still use Skywalker as his last name despite being in hiding? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty uh, sure the explanation for that is he knows he's adopted. That was his original name. Yeah, but why would they want him not to use it? If they but no one he use his name. No does one. He, Knows who Anakin Skywalker? Like, no one knows that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader, and that's it, covered. But well, Darth point. Vader knows he's Anakin Skywalker, and if Darth Vader wants to find him, okay, you can move on. I'm no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's um, very true. But okay. I was gonna say, yeah, I mean, won't there always be plot holes? Not well, yeah, well, unanswered questions. When you when you, you go out of order, you know, when the chronology is out of order, there's always gonna be stuff that yeah. like that just doesn't work. I mean, and they zapped a lot of that when they got rid of the old expanded universe mm-hmm. uh, and started mostly fresh, other than the original six movies and the Clone Wars and a, a few books that were released while Disney was in control. Um, but well, let's stick with the CGI and well. So everyone is mostly in agreement that they thought Tarkin looked pretty good, but for people in the know, fans or people that uh, saw the originals maybe recently even, or knew Peter Cushing has been dead for 22 years, there was something about it that seemed off, but it was still acceptable. I I think we all think it was acceptable. Well, it is going to be interesting to people, to to talk to people who, (laughs) you know, this might be their first Star Wars, maybe maybe somehow they watched this movie before they see A New Hope. You know, they've never seen Star Wars, so this person's like, to understand A New Hope, you really got to watch this first. Okay, that's fine. But they're going to say, okay, there's a scene with five human actors and then a sixth one who's CG standing in the middle of all of them. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense, uh, but it makes sense once you've seen both movies. Right. It's kind of weird. I think a lot of people would be like, this movie butts up like literally right against episode four, like 15 minutes before it. Yeah. But this guy named Tarkin, this guy, this guy named Tarkin is not in it. You know what I mean? Like, that they would have been people would have been pretty PO'd, I think, mm-hmm. if, if they were like, wait, where is Tarkin and all this stuff? All this stuff's happening politically with the Death Star right, right, right. Yeah. and where's this guy? Just because the shot? actor has died, we can't we had to write him out? Like mm-hmm. what? Seriously? You know? So the fact that they did their best, I, co- I commend them for doing their best. 
Let's finish the CGI talking. Let's jump to Leia, because Kelly already mentioned that she wasn't a huge fan of that either. I heard a lot of people... There were things I liked about No, I know, I know, I know, and I'm not <laughs> saying that in a negative for you, I'm just saying that's the I, way I it's I like the closing credits. <laughs> I liked when it was nice. over. <laughs> I liked the music. I like the popcorn. Oh, that's I funny. I did like the popcorn. Because yeah. I, like I was not a huge fan of the music, which we'll get to. Um, so... Needed more dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, Kelly leaned over to me and said, "This movie needs more dinosaurs." So, <laughs> so, Who disagrees with me? <laughs> dinosaurs make everything better. better. That's really? own universe. That's the Jurassic universe. Let's so keep it at that. I actually, Jurassic I was kind of going to uninvite me to his wedding. <laughs> What's that? You're going to uninvite me to your wedding? No, Kelly, okay, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually in, I mean, I don't know about this group here, but in listening to the podcast that, that Brett and I listened to, I'm in the minority, I think, when I, I actually thought Princess Leia CGI at the end looked better than the Tarkin CGI. I, I was more taken I out agree. by when Tarkin first turned around than that brief moment when Leia turned around. When Leia turned around, I was like, Leia I know it's not, obviously, it's not a 19-year-old Carrie Fisher, but to me, it looked as close as they could possibly get. Now, all the other podcasts I've heard and people will say online, everyone thought Tarkin looked better than Leia. So I kind of want to hear which, even if you weren't 100% sold on CGI, was one of them, do you think one of them was done better than the other? Brian, what about you? Um, I don't, no, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Um, I actually thought Tarkin was better, uh, I guess. I if I had to pick, I'd say I like. But I think we got more time with Tarkin. I was gonna say you're comparing what a total right. of maybe 15 minutes. Of no, 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 no. Yeah, 15 seconds. seconds. Right, you're right. Very true. Right. Right. So I just um, I it was the, it was Leia's eyes. Like Carrie Fisher had those had that sort of uh, unreplicable stare. You know, the the gl- the glimmer, and I just don't think they could capture that. Through CG, I don't know. Um, I actually thought it was her mouth that looked a little bit weird. But, but I know I'm being overly critical. Like it was still amazing. And yeah. I love oh, yeah. Seeing oh yeah. It, and a lot of this great. is nitpicking. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. Exactly. Is. Like it certainly didn't work. Yeah. For so, Kate, did you like Tarkin better than than Leia? Then um, I don't even know if I would say like. I would say that animation wise, he was more. Um, Convincing, but I think a lot of that has to do with character. I well, mean, he's, he's a flat character. That's so, what I was going to so, say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, th- yeah. I think it's it's easier to convincingly. Can I use the word reanimate? Um, a more <laughs> um, when appropriate. Yeah, a more wooden, less expressive, stoic character than it is somebody who has that fierceness and fire the way mm-hmm. Leia did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if it's fair to really compare. One to the other. Well, Brent, it is Star Wars. They could go back and redo them in ten years. Yeah, <laughs> better put Leia in again and again. Well, we but get... without Lucas and Al, do you think that'll happen anymore? Uh, probably. Uh, not. Depends if Disney needs money. Yeah. yeah. Brent, what about you? Um, a year ago, we, we sat here. We talked about how awesome the trailer was, and we made our own predictions about okay, what if the end of this movie they were yes. walking up this the steps of the Tandem yeah. 4 and we saw an outline of Princess Leia yeah. and we saw the c 3 and R2-D2 and Bail Organa possibly. Well, Bail Organa had a big... We got of all of that just in a different yeah. order. Yeah. So what they did was they gave us a Star Wars fan's wet dream. It was they <laughs> gave us the yeah. full yeah. facial well, Brett, uh, <laughs> wow. Of, on the nose there. Of Princess, Princess Leia. Brent didn't need to change his pants after he left. <laughs> so 
They gave us, they gave us, they gave us, they said, okay, we're going to take this, but we're going we're to turn it up to 11. Mm-hmm. We're, gonna, we're not going to show you the island, Princess Leia. We're going to show you her face, and we're going to have an expression, and we're going to mm-hmm. let that be. And think of it. The end of episode seven, you saw nothing but expression and emotion in Luke Skywalker's face. They, they waited for that last moment in the entire movie to give you, to, 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 to pay, to pay it off, right? Mm-hmm. They looked for Luke Skywalker the entire movie, and then they gave you just emotional expression. And they did the same thing with Leia in this movie. They gave you 100%, well, they gave her one word, right? Hope. Okay, which yeah. leads right into A New Hope, the movie. But, but I think what they did was they said, well, let's not just give fans just part of it. Let's give them the whole freaking thing. You know, let's give them the whole face. And they, and I think they did an incredible job for that. Again, I'm not going to argue with them. You know, they're not, we're not going to ever, ever get Carrie Fisher now, kind of, I guess in hindsight here, ever again, literally, well, in episode eight we will, but we're not going to get her ever again. Literally, not 19, 19 year old Carrie Fisher, especially. Mm-hmm. So we're, the best thing we could possibly get is that. And I think they did it. They did, they did it. So, yeah. Kelly, was one of them done, in your opinion, better than the other? No, I think they both fall into that uncanny valley. Um, I think I liked Leia better because they only showed her for a few seconds. So I think it sat a little bit better. It wasn't as off-putting. Okay. Um, it also helped that she wasn't surrounded by other live actors at the time mm-hmm. talking with her. True. Where, you know, yeah, they had good. to put General Tarkin or is it General uh, Grandma off. Tarkin and with like other live people having a conversation so that didn't happen with her so maybe I liked her a little bit better I will say to, to Brent's point I liked the end of episode 7 better I, this this better than episode 7 okay. um, I didn't like the whole like flyover with Luke thing at the end of episode okay. 7 so I did like the end of this movie better than... jumping back to what Brent said because Brent brought it up. So she says just one word, hope. Oh. How, how did that sit with all of you? Did you think that was the appropriate way to end? Not so much having Leia there, which I definitely think was probably a great move, but did you want to see her speak? And if you did, was the, the way she acted saying hope and her attitude and demeanor, when you know how a, a new hope starts, the next one, do you think that translates well? Uh, having just rewatched episode four right afterwards, because I think that was one really good thing about Rogue One is that it made me want to rewatch the original three yeah. like, as soon as I could. Um, was that Christmas Day that we watched it? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and she... I don't think her character is cynical. I wouldn't describe her as cynical as much as... I think she's a realist. Yeah, realistic, but also, like, aggressive. She is kind of a go-getter... Mm-hmm. she's fierce. I like mm-hmm. that about her. Um, so I don't know, introducing her as an optimistic character. Like I think if, if this was your first star Wars movie, you would expect her in, in the next iteration to be much more, more optimistic and good. yeah, kind of bubbly and more than she really is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that made sense. I think she should have said a new hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, there was already a discussion of, I honestly didn't remember how it ended. She just said she said hope, They said Rogue One in the movie, which has mm-hmm. never been done in another oh. Star Wars film. They've never said the title. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, so if they were to said two titles in this movie, I think a lot of them <laughs> would have She should have said it and then turned to look directly at the camera and said... <laughs> I mean, she kind of did. I know, I mean, the whole Sarah 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 Sarah. Yeah, that's all. And then 
Dancing, dancing frog. I just I only ask because I love the the last two minutes is probably the my favorite two minutes in all of Star Wars. The last two minutes so good. The but her saying hope and kind of being all happy about it. Um, yeah, that's the only that. part that kind of sat with me because you know how A New Hope begins she's kind of you know manic and frantic and yeah, running and that's around that's what I was going right. to say I don't get the connection but between the two I don't know well how much time I mean it, it wouldn't be like good for a good filmmaking yeah. you know you're not going to have her be like it gives us hope and running around like all crazy on the tangents you know hope, yeah right like yeah. hope this gives us hope like, but now we will never they're not going to squeeze another movie in well, between they could, them I mean, if they wanted to, so now we're never going to know what happens what, why did Obi-Wan become the only hope like well that's cool that they were Obi-Wan well, well, a new hope but is Kelly Luke. they could have other parallel stories yes why don't we answer that where this one ends and the next one begins I'm under the assumption yeah, it's just a few that. minutes yeah I think Kate had, had brought that up um, I'm under the assumption it's a few minutes because we see uh, the tantive break, break free of the Mon Cal Cruiser which was awesome mm-hmm. and yes. you immediately see you know those engines which are iconic because of the way New Hope starts yep. I'm assuming they jump to, you know, in the hyperspace to take light speed. Vader hops back to his uh, Devastator, grabs uh, whatever ship they're going to... I mean, maybe they... Well, they chase it with that Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they use it to board them. I, I assume it's minutes. I don't know, an hour? So, in A New Hope, doesn't Leia say she was on a diplomatic mission? Yes, which <laughs> now he knows she's lying. Yeah. But she knew... We knew that he knew she was lying, but like at, we didn't know like where was she? Maybe she was on just some random planet. But now we know, we know how she bad was. Liar she was. In other words, right? Awesome. I know you just saw me. Die. <laughs> you just saw the ship go away. But that's the thing that did didn't Vader witness the guy? Yes. Just, uh, but he's so powerful. Like, why did he just? Let that guy get away. Well, he didn't really let... He kind of killed, like, 12 people yeah, on his way. He killed the wrong people. Well, he just didn't... His aim was off. <laughs> he's <laughs> lazy. He's, he's lazy. His love for Padme just... Well, he couldn't get past no, it. Maybe there was sand. There was sand. I hate sand. Yeah, I know, I've heard people say, like, he, why can't he just use the forest grab that his head? Movie over. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I mean, did, that is the short answer. He, 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 he did use the force, though. He does use the force. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about the scene shortly, but, you know, my assumption is, you know, he sees a tangent drop, we go through the scene, which is almost like, identical to the opening of New Hope, the, the, the ship looks so, um, so much like the, the original from 77, we did get the, you know, the handing off the layer, she turned around and says, hope they jump into, until they go to light speed. And I assume Vader gets back on a ship, goes to Devastator, they jump into light speed, they find him, you know, very soon thereafter, they put him in a tractor beam, they latch on, and then you see him bust through that door at the beginning of New Hope. I mean, there really isn't, there's, there isn't overlap, but there's also not a huge uh, time jump going no, from Rogue One no. to Episode 4. Okay, so the, the plans have been stolen. Yes. But at that point, I mean, Luke hasn't even been discovered yet he hasn't gone through any of his training like how much time passes between the plans being stolen and then luke participating in the destruction destruction? well that's interesting because there's some deleted scenes in the blu-ray that are 
that you observe of what any hope? Yes, oh. that you observe well, Luke actually. You you actually observe Luke looking up with his electro binoculars at the fight that's happening with the two starships. Really? That, yes. That you see. Oh wow! Yes, that's that you, amazing. That you actually see him like looking up, up to the sky and oh, see. Right. I've, had, I've actually not seen that in regular time. Joey's well, yeah. like, what well, discussion over? I have to go up there. Yeah. 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 You see him on like standing there in front of this moisture evaporator, looking up, and it's actually in the Star Wars um audio whatever you call audio it. Audio documentary? No. <laughs> Basically, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you call audiobooks or not. Oh, okay. Oh, like the radio broadcast? Radio broadcast. They actually filmed that in the radio broadcast. They, oh, okay. they covered this scene. But it's actually him looking up at the ra- like electro binoculars. And this guy is like, I don't see anything. And there's that little treadmill droid there and everything like that. It's deleting. And they're actually observing. You can see these bursts of light in the sky. And it's the Tantive Four being attacked by the Death Star. By the Star Destroyer. Like, and so it's happening as he's down on Tatooine. So it's really happening at the same time. That yeah. it kind of still takes a while. Well, to answer Kate's question, yeah. though, to go from the Battle of Scarif and, and the, the data tapes that being transferred to, given to the lay on the Tantive, and then the Death Star being blown up, I assume is like two to five days. Like, we don't, I don't know that there's an exact timeline, yeah. wow. but it's not very, very much. Like, you know, it's not like it's years later. We know that it happens almost immediately. So, I have another question about that also. How, if that's the case, and they jump to light speed at the end of the Battle Scarab, how do they find them? How do they, how do they find them? Right? Because jumping to light speed is like the panacea escape route for Han Solo every time. Like, right. Well, they'll never find us. Right. They'll never find us. Why don't we do this all the time? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, can you, like... Well, we're going to get a movie about that, so... About light speed? <laughs> no. Just, <laughs> just, just about how, how, he, how the, this Devastator found the Tantive. That's, right. that's a new movie. That's my question. Because if it does happen right afterwards, you know, and we're not supposed to believe that it's been months that they've been hyper-jumping around trying to outsmart each other, and now the you know, episode four takes place where they finally that the, the star story has found them. Uh, then how did they follow so quickly? Yeah, I don't ask, ask Pablo. I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that one. So yeah. Um, well, yeah, I guess uh, that's yeah. You're right. Maybe maybe you know. There's that's the one thing. One wonderful thing about Star Wars right now. We're the, the, the a Star Wars rich world is we've got TV shows and we've got comic books and we've got more questions answered shows more, yeah, yeah we've got uh, you know novels mm-hmm. and we've got more movies and you know we're, we're living in a, really in a renaissance endless, I mean, what's that? it's endless I mean there are endless it's possibilities endless. for right. storylines yeah. but as long as it keeps making money Disney's I'm not saying not for good storylines but for story yeah, yeah. Um, Joey can I quick jump back sure to I just that quick comment was you said um how the it just seems so seamless and seemed to echo the original movie so easily. Um, I thought one of the things that was so good about Rogue One was the coloring, mm-hmm. um, the the blues and gray, the blues and grays that they use in the filter um, for for the cameras were just perfect. I mean, it looked like a period piece from the seventies. Yeah. Not movie. only that, but I remember talking to Brian on yeah. the phone about this after you guys watched the movie. Is the the way the camera moved through the Tantive Four, Tantive Four, Tantive Five, Five, Four, Four, moved through Tantive Four, Tantive Four, I think. Yeah, 
the way it moved through when you saw the, the rebel fleet troopers running down the hallway. Oh. Yeah, that's what it said. Like, it's so almost it's, identical. It's literally like same. Yeah. same and that's same why I'm talking about attention to detail with this movie. So we yeah. could get Disney really just trying to make, as you said, just trying yeah. to make the next book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're really not. I mean, they did significant reshoots with this movie. They did. They brought in tons of writers. They brought in tons of different people for this movie. They're not just. That's one thing I really appreciate with the fact that these films are not just. They're not just throwaway movies. Yeah. They're really big, paying like paying a lot of putting a lot of money into it because they said they they know the more money they put into it, and the better they make the movie, the bigger the reward will be for them. Well, I'll give you an example of that from one thing my coworker talked to me about. Well, his favorite moment in a movie, which made me appreciate it even more, the, the the kind the level of detail is okay at the end. Battle Scarab, the rebels are down there, and they're rebels the whole time. They're untrained. They're using guerrilla tactics. They all have different weapons. That you know, mm-hmm. they are really just sort of this ragtag bunch. And so they're like, okay, we need to get the comm link. We need to get that comm link established, uh, and then we can upload the plans to the to the ship. And the guy that's down there, the guy who was the original, um, you know, that Carolyn Erso sent um, to 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 tip up to tip everybody off. Cody Rook. Yeah, he's like, okay, what does it look like? Like in a lesser movie, I feel mm-hmm. like he would. And you know, it would just be a he would just say, yeah, because yeah. yeah, because we skip over a small detail like that. Uh, it looks like a switch. Right. We, yeah. we skip over a small detail like that to get to the action or to make everybody look cooler or make it more heroic or whatever. But like, no, like these people, uh, who knows what planet they're from? Who knows how, you know, how much experience they actually have in battle? Who knows how much experience they actually have with some of this technology that they're using? And they're like, okay, you need to do this, this, and this. He's like, okay, uh, what does that look like? What yeah. am I doing? You I know, don't remember that for the movie. That's why I'm so glad I'm going back and see right? it on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so the whole and, and then, then I guess they make it kind of obvious. The camera like zooms in really right? far on this on the on the switch, and you yeah. get this like two seconds of the switch. But it, but despite that, I think like again, and, I, and my friend really helped me appreciate this is that like a lesser movie would have just assumed that detail and skipped over it, but Rogue One did not. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, it really it helped. I was gonna say another quick thing too was I appreciated the editing. Um, because it used dated wipes and transitions from scene to scene that were very Star Wars, but mm-hmm. not modern. One but thing that was new, like that though. Yeah. One thing I do agree, and the one thing that was new was they do added the, the location at the bottom left hand corner. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. you did not see in any other Star Wars movie. But, they, but this jumped around so much from oh, the, the beginning. system. Yes. The system. Yes. Yeah. And the one thing that didn't include, obviously, was Mustafar. Well, yeah. Was Let's. Born. Well, let's dive into that. I like that you brought that up, because that was actually one of my negatives of the movie. Not that they used them, but they didn't consistently use them. Mm. What bothered me, well, like, I don't, if you include that, that's fine. It doesn't take me out of the movie. And like like Kelly said, it's helpful, it's especially the helpful. Transitions for if it's a new... Yeah, the, uh, the t- no, oh, the, uh, the title oh, cards. Okay, yeah. Like, if a person is a new planet, literally no one knows what it is. Like, anyone. doesn't matter if you're a Star Wars fan or not. If it's a brand new planet... No, Even yeah. if it's in a book, you don't know what it looks like. There were plenty in this. Well, so, also, would it help me if everyone wore name tags? Baby steps. This is DVD that So, so my problem was that the opening planet doesn't get one. We Papa don't see one. Um, La- Lamu, I think it's Lamu. Um, we don't get one. Lamu. <laughs> and then, like Brett said, we don't get one on Mustafar. And and I know I think Pablo Hidalgo explains it on Twitter that. It was because they didn't want to give it away that you were going to see Vader. Well, I mean, uh, everyone knew he was in yeah. the movie. 
And um, yeah, how many well, people? As soon as we, the, the, my my future brother-in-law was sitting next to me at the time. Yeah. And like to be honest with you, we, we they flew into that lava planet, and he goes, it's Darth Vader. He goes, Darth Vader. <laughs> no, he just goes, Darth Vader. Like here we go. It's gonna be Darth Vader because you saw a castle in the middle of a lava planet. It's like okay, that has to be Darth yeah. Vader's freaking. The, the castle, castle comes from. Uh, Macquarie concept they've been trying to get it in for nice. the last 40 years I believe it was if it wasn't in the script for A New Hope it was definitely in the script for Emperor Strikes Back it got canned it never made it into the original trilogy or it. the prequels obviously See, and, about, um, and now we detail. get it so that that was cool I like that addition yeah. um, so I like the title card I just wish they would have given it to us on every planet Right. Um, so Vader let's talk about Vader and we'll take you know just a, a minute back into the film we were talking about Princess Leia and and the ending well, let's go a minute before she gets the data tape when the the, uh, the the ship is still docked and Vader is trying to get the data tape and all of a sudden we see everything's black you start mm-hmm. to hear the breathing which mm-hmm. very very good Kelly that was, that was excellent Thank oh you. that was Kelly yeah. <laughs> oh. I thought it was a sound clip from the um, kind of shocking and then you they see they called me but I was busy <laughs> <laughs> they see the rebels see the lightsaber ignite and we see Vader that was cool. unlike Ooh. you've ever seen Vader on film before mm. no didn't we see him kill all those kids <laughs> you didn't see it Ooh. they implied it uh, he wasn't he wasn't full on in and uh, he wasn't in the suit yeah he wasn't in the suit so yet. now and this and I don't say this negatively and everyone else has brought it up said the same thing what we saw at the end of the film with Vader and that, you know, it wasn't like 30 seconds long. It's not that long. Yeah. But that is what you see him do in Battlefront. Like when you play as Darth Vader, that's what you do. You literally pull out the lightsaber and you just mow down people. And we saw, you, (laughs) you saw him do it. Like we saw Vader, what everyone always said they wanted to see Vader. How brutal is he? And we've never seen it. We've always heard about it. It's been in, you know, expanded universe stuff and now the new canon stuff and books and, um, you know, graphic novels and video games. We've but seen we've him fight in, in cinematic screen. form. We've seen him fight against Obi-Wan Kenobi. We've Twice. We've seen him fight against Luke as well. Twice. Yes. Right. And that's basically it. Right. right. I mean, he, he hasn't well, really done that much. And the Emperor. He's when did he fight, when did he fight Obi-Wan Kenobi twice? Well, Revenge of the Sith and then and the prequels. But he's not Darth he's Vader. Killed people, though. Well, yes, he is true. technically Darth Vader. He's just not in the suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he's anointed. He has a very brief lifespan of Darth Vader with Sans suit. Sans suit, yeah. yeah. But this is, I mean, and I think they gave us exactly what everyone wanted. He was unrelenting, he was incredibly vicious. We see him force choke someone, but not only that, we see him throw a guy to the ceiling, and I don't, maybe you guys didn't notice this. I, noticed I didn't it. see it until the second time. He throws on the ceiling, kills someone, and then throws his lightsaber backwards and cuts that guy in half. Oh. <laughs> what? I did, did not see that part. Yes. yes. The Slices guy, it. watch, if you guys get to see it again, when he throws the, the rebel onto the ceiling, he walks up and like, Stops the blaster, pulls the weapons, kills someone out with the lightsaber, and then he throws his arm back and chops the guy on the ceiling in half. Ooh. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I saw him go through the guy it's to like get the freedom. door. Yeah, and I mean, we see him force pull the weapons, which was awesome, and then we, everyone talks about the lightsaber through the last guy that had mm-hmm. the data pad, and it goes through the door. Um, so I, it was they gave me exactly what I wanted. I just wanted everyone else's opinion. What did you think of Vader in that last scene? It was cool that slightly before, 
before that scene, I had been thinking, is this going to be the first Star Wars movie without a lightsaber? <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing! Mm-hmm. Well, we were yeah, kind of told that we weren't going to see him. You know, there's no Jedi. And at the time, we, we didn't know there was Darth Vader. So, like, no, you're not going to see a lightsaber. And a lot of people thought we would only see Vader use the Force to harm people. A lot, a lot of people were betting that you'd see Vader kill Krennic, which we know didn't happen. Looked like oh, yes. it there for a second. I yeah. Was, yeah. So we did see um, the lightsaber, but what, what did you think of the Vader scene at the end? Uh, I got chills whenever it, like, it was dark and the moon was the lightsaber in the yeah. But I will say that's it, it, it almost had to happen because of the, the earlier scenes with him. They have to do something cooler than giving him a dad pun. Uh, we're gonna get to that. Gonna like, get so to that. I was glad that they did that because if that if that was all we saw of Vader, it was gonna be like, oh really? But but they gave him a cool scene at the end, so I thought it was good. Now I know they contacted you to do the breathing, but yes. you couldn't. Now was that them taking your actions in Battlefront and just translating it to the movie? I, I play better as a trooper. Oh okay. Um, Missing your target all the time. No, to learn. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I play as, when we are on Hoth, I play as Darth Vader, but I don't think I've ever played as him on another map. I love that you can get that specific. <laughs> <laughs> Joey and I have been together for almost 12 years. You think I haven't played yeah, the Star Wars know. video game? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's one of her guilty pleasures. So don't let her lead you to believe that. She just, <laughs> pl- she just that plays it, you know. Awesome. I want to do something with Joey. Let's do something nerdy. Let's play a Star Wars game. She had asked Adult, to play yeah. Battlefront. If he's not able yeah. to play Halo, I have to get the next best thing. Yeah, which is Battlefront. Oh, you're awesome. <laughs> so, um, Kate, right? Yes. Um, Vader, last like two minutes of the movie. What do you think? I like it. I don't remember. Uh, it's it cool. absolutely amazing. Again, you're going to have, you know, I'm, I'm deep, I'm digging into not just the last two minutes of the movie here, but Darth Vader in general. Um, there's a lot of people that are like, would he have really said that? And they're getting like all like, I don't know if he sounds as good as he did in episode four. He sounds insane. Well, having watched episode you know, four listen, a couple listen, of he sounds exactly right. like that. Listen, 15, 15 years from now, we're going to say, man, I wish James Earl Jones was still around to do well, this. Or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you James should just get him to say every word in the dictionary. Right. By that point, they'll be able to digitize his voice or something like that. But like, There's actually all I'm saying is, like, already on that. let's just be extremely grateful that right now, we have a Star Wars movie that's in the theaters that James Earl Jones is voicing Darth Vader. Right. Let's right. not get picky. Let's not get too overly critical because, like, let's just be grateful for what we have. Right There's now. actually that's the entire next conversation. So, Brent, what about the fight scene? What do you think about Vader just being a badass? I thought it was the best, one of the best parts of the entire movie, and one of the best parts of Star Wars in general in the world. Period. All right, wow, well, Brian. Brian has yeah, so I honestly, I thought, I thought it was great because it, it is a really compelling, uh, you know, chill-inducing scene, as, as Kelly said. My uh, but the one question I did have, I, I couldn't tell whether he knew that the plans were on the, for lack of a better term, the memory card that they kept tossing, the like la- lateral the, the, t- the hot potato, right? That they were lateraling only because he's clearly forced pulling their weapons away from them. So why not force pull? Right. Yeah, we kind of said that already. Yeah. Right. Right. So so I. I, I couldn't. I I was under the impression that he didn't see it, that he didn't know True. That it was there, yeah. because he maybe he thought they were beamed on, like he says. He's like, he thinks well, and if you want, on this. right? And in episode four, he's like, "Where are the? I think he's where's the transmission that you intercepted?" And I think he even says, uh, "Does he call them the data tapes at one point?" Yeah, data tapes. The, the, yeah, stolen, the, the, the stolen yeah. data tapes, right? So he, 
I mean, you could make the case that he doesn't quite know what he's looking for. He just knows that they somehow have the plans. Um, they have something we they don't have, want them to have. Them. I need to stop exactly. Them. So I, I read that as uh, he didn't know what it was or where it was, and so that's why he didn't take it back. Yeah. Um, this scene leaked onto the internet. I watched it about forty-five times. I agree with you. Like, there's one thing I was like watching when I saw it. I was like, why don't they just? Why does he just force pull the plans? Right. You know what I mean? Just force pull the plans. I didn't think about it. It didn't occur to me that he may or may not know what it is. Yeah, he he has a lightsaber. As like the guy that has at the end, like no one will come up and like take them from him. He's just like, here, take them. Like I can't get the door open, take them, and no one will do it until Vader's like right there stabbing him with the lightsaber. Right, 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 right. And I, I, I kind of this is a conversation for another time. I, I kind of don't understand how. Uh, you know, Star Wars universe uh, digital storage works because the slams were on a <laughs> giant tape that they had to she had to clip to her belt, and then they had to use a robot arm to, to disentangle, and then they transferred them to that card, and then they transferred it to R two. So well, like, first they beamed them. Then they beamed yeah. them. Okay, but oh. if they could beam them, yeah. if that was an option, why does there need to be? Any the other formula? Why can't they just? Well, they they beamed beam it, it to, to the Moncal. Capital ship, right? And yeah. inside the capital ship was the Tantive. Now right. you could probably say, "Well, why did they just digitally transfer them?" Because yeah. the director said because so. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, yeah. and we have to think about too about the right. real world options that were available at the time. These original, they, they had yeah. a space yeah. floppy yeah. disk. Yeah. 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 Basically, it was a floppy disk that you sure. see her insert. Right. Yeah. To R2-D2 right. I mean, it's identical to the one that she puts in R two. Right. That's what they used in New Hope. So they. It was awesome. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it wasn't awesome. There was no wireless like, AC, you know. No. Yeah. Yeah. They, they knew about speed of light wormhole travel, but <laughs> yeah. we, we couldn't get smaller than a seven and a half inch floppy. So. Well, hacking is just awful in the Star Wars universe. Oh, yeah. So, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Remind me, I have innuendo. So, so she then, so she, they hand it to her. Mm, she floppies. puts it in R2-D2, right? Yeah, within so the next few minutes, yes. Okay. I thought R2-D2 and C-3PO were back on the planet because they had a yeah. little cameo. The, right. right, yeah, so that, that one, that one confused me. Yeah. My guess is, and I, I at first I interpreted that um, Admiral Radis and the Mon Cal ship had already left, but apparently they were still there, and R2 and C-3PO okay. go to that ship. I also thought that on in A New Hope, R2-D2 and C-3PO had just met. I may be wrong. I haven't seen that no, movie in a while. No, no, no. We're under the impression that they are. Not old that friends. wasn't the first time they were together. No. Okay. I mean, because they and they no, and, and even when they're um, getting sold, the Jawas are selling them, and and R four deliberately blows his motivator so that they don't they can stay together. C three PO says, "Sir, if I could, uh, that R two unit is in perfect condition. I've worked with him before. before. Yeah. yeah, so." They were, and I only know that because I just watched the movie on Christmas. Right, right, it's yeah. been a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah we haven't seen yeah. a new hope in a while, at least together. Um, well, okay, so let's go back to what Brent talk, and Brian a little bit talked about with Vader, the first scene, and Aunt Kelly mentioned about the pun. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, about the I actually agree with yeah. Kelly on this one. I wasn't a huge fan of the line. Um, it, it just, like, I was like, ha, okay, yeah, I get what he's doing there. And I know other people I've heard say the same thing, but then others point out things that Vader also has said in the other movies, and I'm like, yeah, I get Apology it. accepted, Captain Nita. I mean, he's a little sassy, right? Yeah. Like, he's a little bit, uh... Or, like, the, 
the emperor isn't as forgiving as I am. He's got a little bit of a sense of humor. Maybe because they're classic and I've seen heard him so many times, it just feels right. Right. Don't choke on your aspirations while he's choking him or just choked him. To me, it was a little too on the nose. Yeah, Um, for me, it was the word choke. The only because that move is called the force choke. Right. And nobody ever says that in any of the films. You that you know like. And so for him to use the word choke is a little bit sort of on the nose. Um, maybe I, I, if he would have said, be careful not to swallow your aspirations. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or so, something. Swall- swallowing. Or so, so, oh, yeah, just it just, it just didn't land for me. Right, I mean, right. And obviously it's another nitpick because it didn't not doesn't take away from my enjoyment of the film. But more specifically, and, and you guys did mention this, and I think actually Kelly was the opposite, maybe. Um, what are you going to say? Vader's voice. I was not... Really thrilled with the way James Earl Jones that sounded. Oh, oh I thought man. it sounded good. I like it. I don't know if should sound more James Earl Jones. I don't know if James Earl Jones's age is just showing a little bit more because I thought this in Rebels too. You know, I thought Rebels. the same thing in Rebels when I heard the playbacks of Rebels, but I think it was more of the filter they put him through. Well, I right, and that was my it. next. If, if it's not James Earl Jones, I mean, I don't want to blame him. It's not his fault. Um, it could be the filter. Maybe they just didn't get the way the filter. It just something felt off a little bit to me, and, and that, that that scene, and then with the pun, I was just like, eh. the other thing though, to make it a trifecta of bad things for me, uh, for Vader was I didn't. I thought the costume was off. I was yeah. really disappointed with the costume, and it's not like I'm not one of those like super Vader costume nerds that knows all the difference between you know A New Hope, Empire, and mm. Revenge, or Return of the Jedi, or even Revenge of the Sith. But I don't know if it was because of who they had in the suit, but the helmet didn't connect right. Like, he was, like, sticking out, and I'm not used to seeing it, like, stick out. And especially when he turns to the side. I noticed that, too. Um, The cape seemed, like, too forward. Like, it covered the shoulder pads too much. And everything just seemed too wide. And and I mentioned this, actually, to to Greg, who hasn't seen the movie yet. And I just don't get the obsession with the red lenses. Because I know he had red lenses in A New Hope. But you you barely see them. And a lot of people don't even think they're red. Because you can barely see them. Now, with the technology the way it is now, things are getting more and more crisp and clear. And you can make them out. But he doesn't have them in Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. So, I just... And you could clearly see them in Rogue One yeah, that they're they red. A, they made a point of having them. And they made, made so sure you see. knew they were red. So that, so that was, it was a poor introduction to Vader for me because nothing in that scene I thought was great except like once, basically, from the time he got out of the back to tank and walked down, from the moment he started, you could really see his costume and then he started talking, I was just like, oh, this is I think overwhelming. Was, I think it was one of the best introductions of Darth Vader ever, though. You think about it, like in episode three, you see him being built in the chair. This one, you just see his his uh, shadow on a cave wall. You know what I mean? Like on the wall of his his uh, what you call it uh, castle. Like that was pretty darn chilling. I thought to see like the the the, the shadow of Darth Vader, perfect silhouette, and on the wall of his castle. You know, in front of Orson Krennic, and you see Orson Krennic slowly swallow. Like he's like. But yeah, like I thought it was like the, one of the best introductions of Darth Vader we've, we've ever seen in movies because I mean, this movie we have the biggest build up to 
kind of iconic character. He was an iconic character in the 80s and yeah. the 70s. He was just Darth Vader. Right. You know what I mean? And in episode three, you know, you see him being built in a chair and you see him like rise and he rises up off the thing. But this one, like, they really kind of, again, they hold out on you for just a little bit and then they give it to you. You know what I mean? Which is pretty cool. Um, Kate, what about you with Vader, the way he looked and sounded? Um, oh. um you like the red eyes? I don't, I, that, you may have seen in the video me making a motion of my hand going over my head because I, I, I don't remember that at all. Um, can I answer with a sidebar question? Sure. Do you think among fandoms, are Star Wars fans the toughest to please? Yes. Oh boy. Um, I think so. I think there's always going to be subsets. That I think are? it's a tie between Star Wars and Harry Potter fans. Mm. Okay, see, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. Yeah, so Harry Potter is awesome all the time. Oh, it is, but I'm saying like which, which fans <laughs> are hardest to please. I think it's one of those like I'm engaged with the Star Wars community, so I see the negative as much as the positive. Whereas Harry Potter, I love, but I'm not listening to podcasts and I'm well, not subscribing the detail, to magazines. Like that character isn't supposed to say that kind of thing. Like, I think it depends on the person. Like I'm a huge, yeah. huge, huge Star Wars fan, and I'm here and like. The gushing over this movie because I'm just so grateful that we have more Star Wars. Well, I, I, like, you know, I think like when you guys are super, super, super Harry Potter fans, like I don't not like Harry Potter whatsoever. But you're just like, Get oh, there's nothing wrong with Harry Potter. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with Harry Potter. Well, I, I kind of like. I guess there's every different level of kind of fandom. Like I'm just grateful for that. Like, are you guys happy that they're making that new Fantastic Beast movie? Yeah, Kelly and I saw it. Did you like it, Kelly? Yeah. You did. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. So yeah, we enjoyed it. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm not really... Four more coming. That's just a side question. Yeah. No, and actually, Kate, that actually is a perfect segue into the, one of the next questions You're I want to ask. Wait, wait, can I comment on the Sure, costumes? sure. Well, you, sorry, you said you like the voice, so... I do like the voice. Why does everyone have a cape? Wait, my, okay. Oh, like okay, but understand, oh. my job is environmental and occupational safety and health. Yeah. <laughs> This is the making of a new podcast. Yes. I'm just I'm just saying it seems very unsafe. A new, a new OSHA. Well they yeah. did cut some of those. A new, some of those a new OSHA. Kelly <laughs> made presents Star Wars a new OSHA. You see that? They cut the scenes of Orson Krennic walking in the ocean with his Okay, I need yeah. to watch the trailers, actually. Well, hold because... on. What... Okay. This, okay. this tangent of tangents with <laughs> Kelly and Osho. Would the biggest OSHA violation be so many catwalks without railings? Oh, my gosh. Oh, Why did yeah, they not they think of that? With all the detail that went into yeah. the they Death Star, they don't put railings on that? It used to be only in construction. Now it's in general industry. So, yeah, they need to have some sort of fall protection. Why in the tunnel? Let me ask you this. Do railings help you from... People stabbing you with lightsabers? 
No. Nobody. So Han Solo was going to die if everyone went to the railing. I was just there a joke about that in the Family Guy spoof, though. Yeah, when I said, like, would it kill you to have a railing here? a railing here? Yeah, where the laser... Any elevated work platform higher than four feet needs to have a standard And a toll board. Well, this is imperial. I mean... You better write Emperor Palpatine. Saying. We can move on. I'm just saying. Um, it me. No, so where Kate was kind of heading about pleasing fans or Star Wars fans is the hardest to please. Um, actually, one of the things I wanted to ask all of you was a lot of people talk about this being a glorified fan film, and they both say that negatively and positively. And a lot of people said we've got a lot of what fans have craved. If a movie was like this was going to be made, this is what they wanted to see, and we got almost all of it. it, it do you think that is a negative, or is that a positive? Like, do you like that Gareth Edwards and the writers and the producers either had the same ideas as a lot of us, or they listened to the fans and put it in there? I mean, it's a smashing success. As of today, it's been out for, what, 13 days, well, 12 days plus the Thursday previews, and in the U.S. alone, it's made almost $360 million dollars. Worldwide, it's over $650 million, which is, I believe, at or already above what they thought it would do in, it, in its entire theatrical run. So it's obviously a financial success. But what does it mean to you about this being, you know, we hear fan service as a negative term all the time. Was this fan service done right? Well, I, don't, I guess I don't understand. I sort of don't understand the question only insofar as I don't understand... Why it matters? Well, no, I understand why. I think I understand why it matters, but I have to understand why, what the, I mean, is it, are you saying it's a fan, a glorified fan film because it takes on and in, and inserts and sort of riffs on fan theories from the past 40 years, or it has stuff in there that is to please the fans, like a CGI Leia, like... Yeah, I think, yeah, I think um, the You're use asking, of... did that cheapen? Yeah, I mean, By you, catering to fans? yeah, I, I just I've heard a lot of people say that this was a fan film, both in the positive and negative light. That oh, they listened too much to the fans, too much of what the fans wanted. Like it's not a good movie when you listen to the fans because the fans don't know how to make a movie. But who are you making it for then? Well, yeah, yeah, but I, I fall on the side that it was positive because I loved almost every minute of it. Like it's one of my favorites in the saga. So I have no problem with what they did, but I've heard yeah. people say that they have issues with um, Lucasfilm and the writers and producers kind of almost basically sounding like they went on forums and listened to podcasts of what are some of Star Wars fans' dreams of seeing in a movie, and they did it. Whether it was the cameos with Mon Mothma and Bail Organa, or something we haven't even touched on, the archival footage of Gold Leader and Red Leader. You know, all these, like, what I see as nods and connective tissue, some people see as fan service. I I have a problem with some of the nods, because I feel like it... What what was the the biggest one you didn't like? Well, I might be wrong, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. But some of the, this is the little, little cameo on that, and that town they blew up. On yeah, the you're probably going to pick the one out that I agree with. We see some of the people that were in the 
bar later the cantina. on. Yeah, right? Time of Bob or Dr. Don't they all get blown up there? So Well, I mean, yeah, the, the, there's a plot hole there, or they... But they, I feel like they put that in as a nod to fans, like, hey, here's some of the people you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I they, thought they, that they was didn't actually the... Think about it enough. The explanation, I think, was that they were headed to their ship, like, right then. Yeah, sure. Well, no, and I agree with you. That If I had to cut one it of the cameos or yeah, little, yeah. like, winks... Ponder Bob and Doctor of Oz and Rev is in. It's how you say his name? Right. Like, hey, no, well, just so that's, that we did it only lasted like if you had an issue with that, right. and, and it was literally four seconds of your time. And that's the other experience. side of the coin, right there. Yeah, so right. they say it only lasted for a second. What does it matter? Okay, well, but, it matters because it, it because then you do get you open yourself up to the idea of cheapening the film. Like it's a it's a it's a doing something. Only to get a cheap thrill out of your audience, who's like a wink, and, like a wink and a nod to, right. okay. or someone like that. me who is not—I don't know the names of everybody. I don't. It's been years since I saw A New Hope. If I noticed, and I sat there for the next ten minutes thinking about it, right? So, yeah. like someone else did. But here, here's the other side of the coin. And Joey, maybe I'm skipping ahead in your list here, but the two yeah. X-wing pilots, the two X-wing pilots. That we saw in A New Hope. Red Leader and Gold Leader. Red Leader and Gold Leader. Okay, here's a good example of fan service. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Those were two characters that, obviously, specifically even those two actors that we saw in episode four. One of them also passed as well. Was it necessary that they were in the movie, or was it just fan service? Here's my answer to that. that's a great connection. Here's my answer to that. It's like, fans would have been like, other people would have been like, Okay, well, where were those other right. pilots that we were see in episode well, like, four? Why don't we see them? Just because, you know, whatever. And here, in, um, you know, those those were actual clips that were found from in, on, in Lucasfilm. And people, well, I think people, like, to, to, to jump onto that perfectly, I think people were like, where was Porkins and Biggs? Right, right. Like, yeah. we actually saw a still from an image um, propping up or supporting... And promoting um, the, this year's Force for Change, I think. Mm-hmm. And the, there was pilots dressed as Porkins and Biggs Porkins. because they were wearing their helmets. The exact helmets they wear in A New Hope, they're wearing. And they look exactly, you got the mustache and you have the overweight guy. So everyone's like, we're seeing Porkins and Biggs. Where were they in the movie? Big, big, Biggs would have been, I think, a nice, a, a nice Porkins. little addition there because only because uh, he plays, especially in the special edition, he plays such a, a significant role in uh, episode four as sort of like Luke's, uh, at, you know, he, he plays sort of, not the foil to Luke, but almost, you know, Luke's always talking about Biggs and how Biggs is going on and doing all these things and how Biggs is living the, you know, living the dream of getting off the planet. So it would have been cool to have some Biggs in there just maybe, or wedge. Or Biggs is, ha- Biggs is having a, a rough time of it or, or you know, Biggs is, uh, you know, exposed to... Uh, you know, a lot of <laughs> I can't shake it. Remember, like, battle scarring, or I don't know. Bit Biggs has yeah PTSD. I, I you know, and, 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 and like I don't know. I'm not what trying some to... people are saying about uh, Biggs, and this only applies to Biggs, not Pork is not Wedge, but Biggs in the cutscenes at Tashi Station, like hasn't even joined the rebellion yet. Mm. You know, so that that's one of the, the okay. big things. Okay, okay. Is Biggs may not have been at the Battle of Scarif. He might have he only might joined have... and okay. at, like right after that. Right, um, right. I think, but you know, there's always the legitimacy of cutscenes and the camera. Sure, and sure, sure, sure. Um, but I don't. Know, I thought Red Leader and Gold Leader, especially because at first I thought it was exact grabs from New Hope. I was me like, too, yeah. I was like, that's cool. But like, if you're taking the same scenes, I don't know if it works for me. But then the more you listen and watching it a second time, and then reading the article about it, that's literally like B-roll footage or archival footage from a New Hope 
not used in the film that Gareth Edwards stumbled upon at ILM, went through by hand, and then gave it back to ILM and said, I want this in the movie. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was resourceful. I said that earlier. Oh. I thought that was more clever than cheap. Well, I, I thought what, that was made when, Especially when I found out that there was an unused footage of those actors yeah. in those roles. Like I was just like, that's again when I come back to attention to detail mm-hmm. with this movie. They didn't just phone it in. They didn't just say, well, let's just get some actors that look like it. Let's, let's actually go back through archival footage and find find dialogue and footage right. of these guys, these actors and that did this 40 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, let's, 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 for, for, let's three second, second, for three right. seconds of yeah. screen time, yeah. Could you say oh, fan service? Yes, you could. But you could also hours, say, like... But it's just so tastefully done yes, yeah, and exactly. really compelling, and it doesn't distract. I mean, I, I definitely agree with Kelly that that Panda Baba... Yeah, there's a fine line between fan service, service and attention to detail. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I thought that was attention. Panda Baba was questionable. I get it. I liked it because I'm a fan. But, like, you know, attention to detail... That's when you get to the right. The other think, oh, Sorry, go ahead. Kate. I was just going to say, I think any more cameos than they included would have started to started the, the push scales the limit. towards... Yeah. Um, I mean, secretly, I was hoping well, for a yak face. Well, let's continue. Just a couple here. Um, I actually saw... And, and the defense of this is, is Brent's defense. They were only on the screen for a few seconds. And Kelly already kind of mentioned how it brings in maybe some continuity issues. I saw people are very split on the R2-D2 and C-3PO appearance. A lot of people wanted them in the film in some way, but a lot of them were shocked is where they did it, that it kind of like, you know, they're building up to this tense moment, and all of a sudden they inject this comic relief right. that you weren't expected, like, expecting. Right. Like, they all of a sudden they just right. showed up on scene, on screen. Right. No, they, they, waste, they wasted their... They wasted their Why weren't they in the background on the tentative? Well, I was going to say, they, they had nothing... Scarif? What really does Scarif? Nobody tells no, me anything. anything. It didn't move the plot along. It, it didn't do anything. But they could have introduced them on the Tantive 4 and had a little cameo there, uh, which would have been so perfect. So I really don't understand why they did it that way. Um, I just think it was a wasted opportunity. Or, like, or while they're doing that, have them getting on the ship. Right. Like, yeah. you, don't, you don't have to have it zoomed out so that you see that it's the Tantan inside the Moncal cruiser. You just see them boarding a ship with white interiors. Right. And you just right. say, that's, and you can say the same line, Scarif, why are we going to Scarif? Right, 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 like, right. But then you know that they're heading towards that battle. And that, right. I mean, maybe that people would say, well, that gives it away that the Tantan's at the battle. You know, there's always going to be I don't know. detractors. That just seemed like a kind of a product of a reshoot to me that got shoehorned in at the, at the I don't know, I, I didn't... Yeah, let's not touch on that, because that would be an entire another episode, yeah. talking about the reshoots surrounding it. Um, was there a, a favorite cameo or a little nod that you liked? Uh, we already talked about mine, Red Leader and Gold Leader. Okay. And that, that's, Kate, uh, what about you? Come back to me. Brent? Princess Leia at the end. Princess Leia? Yeah, no, that's, I loved it. Uh, the, I, the, loved the I said the last two minutes, Vader and, and Leia is my favorite in all of Star Wars, so that was definitely... A, a great thing to see. Kelly, did you have one something that jumped out, a little cameo, a little nod to the uh, Star Wars universe that you liked? I don't really know if it counts as a cameo, but um, Jimmy Smith's. Oh, oh, no, yeah. That's a cameo. That's yeah, that was, uh, it that didn't was have a counting because he was in there for a little bit longer. Well, no, 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 but he was in, that's again a good point, Kelly, because one of the things that I thought this movie did so well was bridge the gap between the right. prequels yes. and this and the and the original trilogy. Yeah, so it's blending those universes together, which is again like awesome. Not know? and not just the prequels, but also 
I don't know if any of you watch it. I, I've seen every episode of Rebels and Disney XD. Um, I'll binge it when you, it comes you've out. You've probably seen all the mentions of the tie-ins from Rebels, and I don't want to ruin any of them now because if you're right. going to watch it. Um, but it links with that show probably even better than the prequels. I mean, it had wow. a lot. Of, you know, Bail Organa is a huge link to the prequels, and I love the uh, you know the um, talk between him and Mon Mothma about oh, Luke right. and Leia. That that's very very cool. Well, no, or, sorry, sorry about Obi Wan. Yeah, right. I didn't. I meant Obi Wan and Leia. Uh, that's very and, cool. And uh, what's his name? Forrest Whitaker's character, Saul. Right, Saul Guerrero. Saul Guerrero. And yeah. that's the biggest link to the Clone Wars. Yes. Saul Guerrero. Saul oh, Guerrero is right. from. And now the, the Rebels. Oh, yeah. Yes, Saul Guerrero. Um, Forrest Whitaker's character debuted in season five of the animated series The Clone Wars, which is available on Netflix for anyone. Oh, who I think you meant the Clone Wars, the movie, the Clone Wars. You mean Attack of the Clones? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> no. The Clone Wars animated series that ran five plus years uh, on Netflix. Season five, there's a two or three episode arc of uh, Onderon and Saul Guerrero and his sister Stila um, lead the uh, rebel resistance that actually Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka come to assist. Mm-hmm. Um, and Saul Guerrero, is Force Whitaker's character, he obviously carries over into this film, links it to the Clone Wars uh, perfectly. Uh, when he actually turns around in the movie, the cape that it looks like he's wearing is actually the Onderon flag. So it ties in like exactly as you'd want it to with the Clone Wars. Um, so yeah, the, the way it links everything that's been done in the Star Wars universe and the current canon from the prequel trilogy to the original trilogy and the Clone Wars and Rebels, it, it's just amazing. And I, 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 I Clone Wars is amazing. Rebels has its moments. I recommend now the way they did it with Rogue One and that we're going to see, like Brent said, Saul Guerrero is going to be on Rogue One voiced by Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker is doing a voice for a Disney... Sorry, did I say Clone Wars? You said, you said on, uh, Forrest Rogue Whitaker One. is going to be on Rebels. A Disney cartoon is going to be have a voice of Forrest Whitaker, which is crazy to think of. And it's actually linked back to the Clone Wars because it's called the episode coming up in a week or so is Ghost of Geonosis. Well, and, and, and again, the connection of the Rebels characters on Rogue One is like, again, my point with attention to detail, they didn't leave any stone unturned in regards to like connecting all the different aspects of Star Wars. The cartoons now, the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, kind of all kind of came to this one movie. They, did. they left no stone unturned with that. All right. Um, we're approaching 90-minute mark, which yeah, I said we were going to... What's that? I have my answer. Okay, go ahead. My favorite cameo. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The Blue Milk. Oh, great one! That gave me Boom. a pause at the beginning because I felt like they zoomed in and focused on it just a hair too long. I was like, I love it. And it being in the background, but you kind of like zoomed in and I was like, oh no. Well, for someone like me who needed a little bit more of a nudge <laughs> in the ribs, like, hey, hey, bit. remember Blue that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So, there's, there's always a food instance in the beginning of these movies. You know, it's like episode seven had that bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stopping of the bread. Yeah, the bread. And then uh, this one with the blue milk. Uh, so, we're at the 90 minute mark, and I know. I know I could talk for another hour and a half on this, but I don't want this to linger too long, especially with the big day ahead of us. Uh, All of us tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. What a Wait, what's bummer. Going on tomorrow? What a bummer. Uh, it starts uh, at three, so don't worry about oh, it. Oh, okay, good. Um, if only the wedding could be Star Wars themed, we could combine these two things together. Yeah. 
Um, the might leave you before <laughs> And we literally talked about a grand total of ten minutes of the movie. The beginning and the end. We didn't get to anything in the middle. We didn't talk to... <laughs> nothing important. We didn't talk about any of the characters like Did, I wanted has to Has anyone uh, said the name Jin? Yeah, I don't think Did we say Cassian? Did we no. mention K2? Which was, no. was yeah, one yeah, of the best parts true. of the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't mention Shiro Bates. We literally talked for an hour and a half about it, and we can't even mention all the best characters. We didn't talk about the main characters. We didn't talk about the most of the plot of the movie except the very end when we're talking about Vader trying to get the dad. We didn't talk about Star But I want to come home more often. I want to wrap it up. Um, just by you know we started at the beginning our first impressions I want to do kind of like the cliche um, score out of 10 of where you would rate it or where you would rank it in the um, Star Wars saga now with all 8 movies Uh, you don't have to give me all 8 but just say kind of the general area Um, who who wants to go first because I know this can be tough for some people I would say this is the first one that was not assigned a number so I'm going to abstain from your reading scale (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's uh, episode three point nine eight. Okay. Then I give it a no. I can't give it a three point nine eight. So are we doing? Are we doing like so? Score out of ten. Like okay, zero. My favorite Star Wars movie is Empire first. Strikes Back. You so know. if the, if that's like for me number one, like are we ranking the Star Wars movies no, and inserting this in, into where we're well, give kind of both. You're you're gonna okay. give me a rank out of ten for Rogue One, and then say where it ranks of the eight Star Wars movies. So okay. I'll go first, like Kelly said, since it's, since it's my question and it's difficult. Um, I give this a... Last year I said The Force Awakens to me was about an eight and a half. I give Rogue One a nine. Uh, Rogue One I was incredible. I loved it, from, mostly from start to finish. And if we got to talk more about negatives, upon my first showing, I thought it dragged a little at the beginning. I thought that maybe the pacing was off a little bit. Also, it could have just been my excitement about seeing it. I thought... It took a while to get going, and we kind of jumped all over the place. Um, and I think I liked it even more the second time I saw it. I, I saw more of the, the cameos and the little nods, and um, things seemed to flow a little better. So I'd give it probably a good, a solid 9 out of 10. Um, and then in the grand scheme of the Star Wars movies, and I don't do it because there's a huge difference to me between favorite and Best. Best to me is like as a movie itself, you know, kind of more of a critical thing. And favorite to me is the like watchability and how much I enjoy it. Um, honestly, I might put Rogue One at the top. I might have it number one. If I'm going to grab one of the Star Wars movies to watch, this may be my top choice. It's tough to say after only wow, seeing it twice. Okay. And, but that's, yeah. not, that's not surprising but, for me for you, though, Joey, because you're like a very big like action movie fan. Well, this is a very much a war action movie. Well, and also, um, Brent heard me talk about it on the Star Wars Underworld that I said one of the questions on a Patreon show I did with them was I said to them, I fully expect that if this is done right, I fully expect it to be my favorite Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think they met my expectations. So, um, as of right now, and it's always fluctuates, I put Rogue One at the top, 9 out of 10. Um, and I'm not even going to go into the rest of my list because it's so fluid. And I'll watch, another <laughs> I'll watch any of the eight Star Wars movies before plenty of things that are new um, or out there. I also I love franchises that I watch any of the Harry Potters or Lord of the Rings or Ghostbusters. Um, you know, those four franchises kind of consume. Indiana Jones. Indiana, Indiana Jones, you know. 
Um, or those... we can't be married. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so nine out of ten, and my number one out of the eight right now. So who wants to jump in next? I don't know. My opinion is not that strong. I feel. Let's put let's put the groom to be on the spot. All right. I will give it a nine as well. Okay. Out of ten, this is picking up. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Um, but I don't really rank the Star Wars movies. I don't really do it. I don't know. I can't because, like you said, like it's too variable for you. Yeah, it's this one's too fresh for me. You know, yeah, and I'm super excited about. That. I'm super excited about it. My favorite Star Wars movie of all time is Return of the Jedi, just because I like when everything's kind of wrapped up in a nice little bow. Until the episode movie. seven came to destroy that. Yeah, but I still I just like how that is nice. <laughs> Return of the Jedi is like really my is probably my favorite. But like I don't know. I other than that I don't really like. Well, to I mean nine say, out of ten is nothing to sneeze at. No, nine out of ten. I mean I part of that is because I was overwhelmed by how much I like this movie. Compared to what my expectations were going into it, like, did it I, surprise you how much you liked it? Yes, extremely, extremely, extremely surprised me. Like I walked out of this movie going, like I gotta see it again, have to see it again, and and if if this is how the standalone, because I was very hesitant, like I said about the standalone movies, from when they announced they were doing standalone movies, it's like yeah, that may not come to fruition. It's okay if it doesn't, you know, and it did, and and the, now that this movie was so good, I'm kind of like okay. Now I want to see more standalone movies. Yes. More, please. Well, I, just, I have to say, just interjecting in that quick, it sounds to me like most of the standalone movies that they announced were character-specific. So, like, Except this one. This is going to be Han Solo's movie. This is going to be, hopefully, Obi-Wan's movie. This is going to be Boba Fett's movie. This is going to be Yoda's movie. And I actually like this approach a oh, lot better. I completely like, agree. Let's not, let's not make it about a character-driven film, let's make it, let's make, or, or, you know, let's introduce a new character and talk about the sort of unsung heroes of the Star Wars universe that we don't get to see every day that aren't in the saga films. I actually really like this approach better. Maybe we'll get Rogue One 2, Bothans. <laughs> yeah. It's the bot, yeah. <laughs> Kelly's just like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I just nod and smile. Um, I think cinematically, I would give it a five or a six. Sorry, guys. Um, Star Wars movie, I'd give it a seven or an eight. I liked it better than the prequels, but after that, I can't decide. What about, um, what do you consider Force Awakens? I, that's what I would have to think more about that. But do you have Force Awakens more with the original trilogy, or do you have that, like, is there a prequel originally sequel, like... Oh gosh, Joey! I don't know who you're talking to. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Force Awakens a lot, but it's been a year since I've seen it. Okay. So I would want to see it again until I could get more detail. All right, Cal. I'd say like a six. I'd give it a six. Six out of ten. Yeah. Okay, and what about Star Wars movies? Wise, is it right? Is it anywhere close to the original? I know you like the original trilogy. Uh, no, the original trilogy, and then episode seven, and then this one. Followed by the prequels. No one could ever tell those movies. Those are terrible. I don't ever want to see them. Yeah, I mean, I think the prequels. I like a lot of things about the prequels. They're but so cartoony. Yeah. Yes, they are. I feel like everything should be followed like. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> so, someone should trip over a banana peel. <laughs> <laughs> Jar Jar does once. Jar Jar, what's the ball? What is the name of the? Then he 
Jar Jar, Jar slips over, he trips on that ball. Right? Oh, that time he slips in the thing of the Moses one. Icky, icky, goo. Don't you mean? No, but during the battle, he slips on the ball and, like, oh, yeah. And, like, yeah. he ends up, like, killing three oh, droids God. and blowing up the so tank. It's, it's, the whole thing is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So yeah, this is this is. So this is in the middle then. Yeah, you, I mean, I liked it. I did, and I like that. Oh, six out of ten. <laughs> well, that's a D. <laughs> <laughs> Joey's gonna make Stop. Kelly sleep on the couch today. <laughs> Sorry, he can get Haley that at five in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I just Touché. sorry, I it was good. I liked it. I, I'm sure we will watch it again when you inevitably download it on the Apple TV and we oh. you force our children to watch it as you did with the Force Awakens. I didn't um, force anyone to watch anything. <laughs> Natalie loves BB-8. <laughs> Why does she love BB-8? Did she say, Daddy, I saw this really cool thing and it has this funny character. No, but or did Daddy make her watch it so many times she realized that Daddy would probably like it if she liked BB-8. So. No, but when, when I watched and this was not, I did not sit her down to watch it. I had a new hope on and she came down and was excited and the Star Wars was on. And she goes, where's BB-8? You know, so I was like, well, that's a different movie, and I had to try to explain it to a three-year-old. <laughs> it didn't go over very well. There was, there was some swearing and throwing things, and I told her she needed her. to calm down. <laughs> so, all right. Well, any final thoughts or things to say about Rogue One before we wrap this up? I'll uh, say something. Brian, you didn't give your rating. Did you? Yeah, well, I was just trying oh, to sorry. Say, I mean, no, it's okay. Um, we... We had to rate it on our movie app through through which we order our tickets. Uh, they always ask us to rate the they film. They put a gun to your head and so you yeah. don't get to buy a ticket unless That's you right. You film. absolutely must or your phone explodes. Um, <laughs> I have a Galaxy Note 7. No, the, the, uh, the, I got it. The uh, app gives it a rating out of 5. We gave it a 4 out of 5 when we left the theater. Uh, so extrapolating that, eight. now an eight out of ten, which I think is actually a pretty good, a pretty good representation of how I feel about it. Um, as far as ranking in the overall trilogy, or the overall anthology or saga, however you want to put it, um, it's tough to rank because it's not it's sort of not saga. it's peerless in so far as it, there literally is no other spinoff movie to rank it with, and so do we include it with the saga movies or not? Yeah, people have been struggling with that, right? But it, let's just say. You know, your question was not to, pick, to split hairs. It's about which which Star Wars movie you like the best. And so I definitely say it's in my top half. I don't know if I... I just don't know where they all fall. But it's kind of like with Kelly. Empire Strikes Back being my favorite. It's not better than Empire. Uh, in my opinion, it's not better than Empire. But, you know, it's better than Episode 1, for example. Um, but I, I'd, I'd put it somewhere in my, in my top half, you know. For me, the, the original trilogy, there's like nostalgia there with my, like watching it with my dad, and well, that's why I thought you replace like that. this better than Force Awakens. This was just like so tied right into A New Hope. And it's more the aesthetic that I like. I'm with Kelly. I'm with Kelly that in that the the sort of the era. The I, I get why the the prequels sort of looked like they did. It's the era of Federation opulence and like the Gilded Age sort of of the of the. Of the no of excuse the, for that. So like, and, it, yeah, and, I, and I'm like, I think I'm in the minority of people that actually really, really enjoys like the political intrigue of the Star Wars universe. So I really like Episode Two a lot, where they're talking about you know the the council and dissolving this and passing this and doing like I like that. Yeah, I mean, that like Portman wanted to be. And, there, and there's there's, <laughs> there's none of that in sort of these new movies, and I miss that. But uh, I like the aesthetic of the of the the post uh, 
post rebellion age better. So that's why I put this in the top half. It's funny because I just saw a delete. Of course, all this Carrie Fisher stuff is leaking out now. Yeah. I just saw a deleted scene of Princess Leia in episode seven talking to Corsella, you know, that is Joey, yeah. about like a lot of uh, political things, like about <sighs> the Senate and stuff like that. She has right. a whole, like, well, it's, she doesn't a whole scene. It's like a, it's like a 15 second scene of her sitting down saying, like, you know, trust me, or, you know, like basically. <laughs> Some of the negatives about Force Awakens were that we could have used some of that exposition of the political like state and of galaxy. It would have made the explo- the, the destruction of the Senate a little bit more impactful, right. probably. You know, when they kill, didn't they kill the Senate? They yeah, like, they yeah. blew up um, Hosnian Prime. Yeah. 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 So Kelly wanted to say something positive, so uh, <laughs> let's let's, let's I'm hear this. What? Shocking. I like the casting. Oh, yes. you like the cast? Oh, yeah. I will. I will. I know you don't actually see his face, but Alan Tudyk is one of my favorite. I'm a leaf on the wind. Because I love Firefly, and oh, he will forever be one of my favorites. And as you know, this weekend alone, in the past four days, we have watched Frozen approximately <laughs> thirty-two times because <laughs> Haley is obsessed. He does the voice of that little Ouija yeah. guy, yeah. Um, Wesselton. Wesselton. Well, but he was awesome. I just like him, so he did. He did. But yeah. even like the Diego guy, well, I don't know what the Diego Luna. He's, he's good, and I, I just like... you liked, like Felicity Jones as Jenner or so? Yeah, I like the fact and that... And I know you like Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, and I like that they're, like, the, the some of the main characters are relative unknown. They're not casting blockbuster A-list stars. That's the Star Wars tradition. That and, that, and that's the way it should but be done with this kind of thing. throwaway characters, right. and I know that that could get us back into things, but I feel yeah. like these were characters who were created to be... Killed. Yeah, really. Right. right. But but they did do it with episode seven too, because yeah. the girl that plays Ray is was it thing, and, no, but she's not yeah. she's gonna be in other ones, I'm yeah. assuming. Yes. So it's already done. And Luke and Leia and yeah. Harrison Ford. Right. Alright, so literally the last question before we go. And because only because we didn't talk about it like at all. And you don't have to explain it. Just you know, say their names. Who is your favorite character? Kate? Oh, don't start with me. <laughs> okay, Brent. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't... You know, believe it or not, uh, I like Dorsey Crank a lot. Okay. Brian? Uh, don't know his name. The blind keeper of... Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, sure, anyway. Sure, anyway. What's his name? Blind. Sure, anyway. Yes, I agree. I Kate, like, sure. Yeah. Uh, mine was either uh, K2SO or, or Bay's Chirut's uh, best friend. Uh, I liked uh, yeah. the droid and... Uh, the the uh, the the uh, actor Jang Wen yeah. portrayed Baze Malvis, and he always talked about how he had a big gun in the movie. Mm-hmm. Kelly, who is your? What did you enjoy? You like K two S O? Is that the big robot guy? Yeah, K two S O. Yeah. So, all right. Um, well, thanks everyone for joining us. That was a lot of fun. Um, always fun to talk Star Wars, and uh, we Kelly, literally I'm proud co- of us. <laughs> we literally yeah. covered like ten minutes. You of know what I said? You're thinking for the last hour and forty five minutes. You need to dust your desk. It's so dusty. Uh, I don't clean down here. This is, this is your You only come down here like once a month. I don't so. clean down here. This is your room. You need to dust your desk. I need to dust. Okay, Tangents. great. Okay. That is very... Tangents of lives. I don't know if you caught it, but... Um, Tangents of lives. Brian said that my desk is an ultra violation. It's a fire hazard. No, it's not combustible. I don't have exit signs, though. No, you do not have mm. open. This is not... Place of employment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, last thing I think we all echo this sentiment um, is, um, you know, we're devastated by the loss of Carrie Fisher and 
her mom, Debbie Reynolds, in back-to-back days. And, you know, our, our thoughts to Billy Lord and, and the family at this difficult time. And, uh, you know, thank you for everything that they contributed to um, the entertainment industry and for Carrie specifically for what she's done, uh, not just in the movies, but also uh, for the fans and also being such a, a strong and powerful uh, person that stood up to, um, you know, didn't hide behind her issues with uh, drugs and addiction mm-hmm. and, and mental illness. She's really, she's, yeah. and I saw someone tweet this out and I couldn't agree more. She's done more for mental illness, awareness, and positivity than any politician ever has. Yeah. So. Ooh, can um, we talk about politics? No. I offered you the ability to have Kelly your own podcast to talk <laughs> politics, but you I always turned me down. <laughs> So, uh, always turn me down. You're the <laughs> only one that is holding yourself back from that. Kelly and I are going to have a spinoff of this called Tangents with Friends with Wine. Yes. <laughs> wine Let's. with Friends. I don't wine. Know. Wine with Friends. <laughs> all right. Well, so, all right, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to head out of here before some uh, proverbial stuff hits the fan. <laughs> all right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next time.